So uh, tell me a bit about yourself. What do you do? Who are you? And where'd you come from? <laughs> <laughs> How many weeks do you have for this? <clears throat> Maybe briefly come from, as in physically, so born in Ukraine, moved here in 92. Who am I? I am a spirit. I am a soul. And then everything else follows. So I'm a father. Smart. I am yeah. a husband. I am a brother, a son. I am an uncle. I am many different things. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you do now? What do I do? I run a wealth management firm. Mm -hmm. where we basically do a lot of financial services for our clients. We do investments, we take care of people's insurance, we do financial planning, we do taxes, we, do, we deal with mortgages, we deal with many other issues that come up on the financial side. For And people. do you run that firm? Yes. Okay. Do you, do you have people working for yes. you? Awesome. Uh, I want to ask you, uh, where was, what was the mistake? Like right now, you're working in a firm. Yes. What was a mistake that you thought was a mistake at the very beginning, but then helped you achieve where you are right now? Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> when, when I got into the financial industry, I, prior to the financial industry, I was in, in healthcare. Mm -hmm. So I, my background is healthcare, health administration. I have a master's in health administration. Okay. I was working in different hospitals and in different departments. And I had an opportunity to run into the financial world. And this is in 2008. And 2008 was one of the worst years for financial yeah. industry. So at time, it seemed like I've made a really big mistake. Mm -hmm. Switching careers, because I was in healthcare, now I'm in, in the financial world. And over time, I realized that that was actually not a mistake. That was one of the biggest blessings I ever got. Because I started at the very bottom of the industry because the industry basically came apart, the financial right. Right. Never the started market. at the same level. So I started yeah. at the very bottom and I saw it being rebuilt again. So something that seemed like a mistake. So I, I, I did question myself um, switching because I came from a very stable job. What was your job prior? I was a business analyst in healthcare, which basically means we would analyze a lot of information from the hospitals and then try to create systems, better systems for patients to go through the hospital. And it depends. I mean, I worked with different departments. Right. So we did, you know, mental health department would have different needs from the emergency department. So basically we were addressing the needs of different departments to make the to make a hospital or several hospitals. But, and by the way, which hospitals? St. Paul's, Mount St. Joseph, St. Vincent's. So it's a Providence Healthcare downtown. Downtown. Big, big. On Vancouver. Downtown Vancouver. Back in uh, Ukraine, you didn't work anywhere, right? You no, were just... I was 13 school. when I 13. Was came. Okay. So when I came to Canada, so I right. didn't... Uh, but I started, we got our first job literally just a few months, not probably weeks after we came. My first job, I have my very first job, I think we were cleaning at a hotel, cleaning a hotel, a kitchen of a hotel. Mm -hmm. So basically, if you can imagine, this was the, the part of the kitchen where they made cakes. So okay. when you make cakes at a hotel, there's lots of cakes, but there's a lot of dirt that falls onto the floor. Right. So at night, someone, you know, cleaning crew comes in and they scrape the floor, get all the dirt out of the floor so that right. tomorrow, the following day, you can, you can make cakes again. <laughs> so that's what I was doing. And what's, so we, the most, what's the most disgusting thing you've seen? 
Um, seen any rats? No. And you know? No. Pretty clean. Yeah. I mean, clean. It was, it was, it was dirty. Okay. It, would, it, would, it would be clean by the time we were done. <laughs> Disgusting? No. No, actually, it was... Um, I, what was interesting for me to see is they had a lot of cakes that were left over. So you got after. those? No. Oh. <laughs> so that's, that, that was kind of sad. Imagine, you, you come in yeah. and there would be you know, seven, eight different cakes. All of them were you know, pieces missing from this one, from this one. They're all, you know, eaten a little bit. I mean, I don't mean eaten from the cake, but right. they had certain it's slices like... that were missing. Um, but no, we didn't. That would have been nice if we got those. We didn't. So what, what, what degrees do you have? So my first degree, I have a bachelor's of psych, of psychology from UBC. Awesome. Actually, a bachelor of arts in psychology. Mm-hmm. So my first degree, I was focusing much a lot of on research. So how to run a study, how to analyze a study, statistics, how to create a, a good question for a study. So a lot of my my education has has to do because I was I was on the pre med course, so I was aiming to go into healthcare or research. Mm-hmm. That was my first degree. And then a few years later, <clears throat> I got my master's in health administration, which is basically an MBA in healthcare. Oh, do you think what degrees you have helped you where you are right now? If you were to go back in time, yeah. would you change any? Would you change any of your degrees that you got? Would it's an interesting question because neither degree helped and both degrees helped. Okay, so my, my first degree kind of got me into a research position. Now, at the time I was aiming towards med school, Okay. So I, I wanted to work in healthcare research and I was actually doing research on spine trauma and spine, spine injuries or metastases of the spine or back problems. Okay. But while I, was, while I was working, I started my second degree. And with my second degree, I got a job where I was paying, I was, got paid probably twice as much just to start off. And the position that I got as a business analyst, I would have never gotten if I didn't have an MBA or an MHA. So if I tell you, oh, there was a course that I took that really helped me. Well, not really, but with psych, for instance, there, there is a lot of psychology work or psychology understanding when it comes to money. Yeah. So for me, I'm relying now on understanding of psychology in order to apply it to what I'm doing today. The stuff that I was doing as, as part of my MBA, it seems like it didn't really help, but... First of all, I wouldn't have gotten my, my uh, I think my, my first job, I was making around 30,000. I don't remember, but let's say 30,000 a year. My, my second job, I was making about 50 or you know, 55. At least I started, I think at about 55,000. Wow. And that's pretty impressive considering it was what, 10, 15 years ago. So, well, actually when you think about it, that's not a lot, but it seemed like a lot at the time, <laughs> felt like a lot. And we just moved to Canada, right? Well, no, so, no. so this is... No. How old are you? <clears throat> so this is, I'm probably my, in my early 20s. Okay. So I've graduated. So that's, that's, that's my first pretty degree. good. Yeah. Ish. And then at some point you start realizing, no, there is uh, a lot more that you could make. And when I left, so I think when I left uh, healthcare, I was probably making around 70, just under 70-ish. And then, you know, starting in finance and then a couple of years, by the way, after I, because I started out in the financial world as an assistant to an, uh, to an advisor. So I was working as an assistant for a financial advisor. And then two years later, I had a, a choice of whether or not I want to work for someone else or start my own company. And I decided to start my own company. And when you start your own company, basically, and I didn't really, I mean, Making seventy thousand dollars to like my first years in in my company, I was probably making 
10,000, maybe 15,000. I think my first year I made about $10,000. Okay. So it's, it's, it's a bit of a, a pay cut when you think about it. But, you know, year after year, year after year, and you're, I'm becoming better and better. Right. So it's a, um, so there's certain elements of my, of both of my degrees that I still use. For instance, the work that I was doing, I was, when I was a business analyst at Providence, mm-hmm. we had to analyze databases that have millions of records and then try to find trends, try to use certain formulas. So for instance, now when I look at the stock market, trying to analyze, I mean, I'm using the same knowledge that I acquired in healthcare that I'm applying it to the stock market. So nothing, I find nothing that I've studied, nothing hurts, even if it doesn't seem relevant at the time. Okay. And I, I'm continuing to study. I'm continuing. I'm taking courses almost every day. I mean, like not courses, but web. I'm on, on webinars just about every day. I'm working. I'm taking one course right now, and then there are a couple more that I'm that I want to take. So education is really important, and it's. Uh, I think part of my success is probably due to the fact that I'm constantly learning new things in the financial world. Where would you want to uh, take your business to? Do you want to keep it where it is? Do you want to scale it upwards? What would be your next <clears throat> big step? So my goal right now is I, I want to have a, a seven figure business. So basically I want to make a million dollars with my business. How long it's going to take me, I don't know, but that's my goal. And, and truth is once I, 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 I probably, once I get to that goal, I'll probably change my goal. I know I want to make five right. million a year and then 10 million a year and then whatever. <laughs> so there is no, no upper limit. And that's the cool thing about my, my, so when you have your own business, you don't have a limit. So if I'm working in healthcare, Okay, I mean, I was making about, let's say, $70,000 when I left. Okay, I could have been making 75, maybe 80, maybe 100,000. But I wouldn't be able to make a million dollars. So when you have, you know, when I have my own business, like I don't have a, an upper limit as to how much. Right. right. So let's go back to your uh, childhood. Um, when you moved to Canada, you were in high school. I yes. believe that's like grade eight, grade yes. nine. Yes. What were you? Were you a straight A student? Were you a, a bad student? Uh, it, the adjustment was quite hard adjusting to Canada, right? partially because we didn't speak language, you know, English at the time, partially because, so I am 13 or 14 and I have acne. So I have, I had a pretty terrible acne and I go to a school. So I went to, to a, a Jewish school, um, and I didn't, I didn't know anyone and the school was quite small. It was a private school, mm-hmm. but my adjustment was actually quite difficult. Didn't speak any English, didn't know anyone. Um, didn't know at that, at that time, I didn't know anything about Judaism, which is a big part of the curriculum there. So it was, adjustment was hard. High school is always hard. I find it's, it's a really tough time simply because this is where people are trying to figure out who they are. Right. And I was trying to figure out who I was without speaking the language, without having connections, without knowing the culture, et cetera, et cetera. What subjects were you or your uh, favorites and least favorites in high school? Oh, and sorry, I forgot. I didn't oh, answer yeah. the second part of your question. I did have fairly good good grades. Okay. And yes, so I, I graduated top of my class, but my my class was tiny. So I, I had about twelve people in my oh. class. So it's it wasn't particularly difficult. Um, what I enjoyed. Well, listen, no, I, I was I straight. I think I was a straight A student, pretty much. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I did, I was good at math. I was good at well, everything. Uh, the things that I didn't enjoy, actually, no, I think I was, it's, it's one of these things where, where you, where you get good grades, it encourages you to do well. 
And so that's why you kind of, you, you like it because you're doing well at it. Mm-hmm. And, and by the way, just, just a footnote, because when I graduated, so I graduated and I was out of our class, I think I was the first or the only one who went to, to university, to, to UBC. Other people went to different schools, but I was the only one at UBC. So okay. my first couple of years at UBC were shocking, Not shocking in a sense that uh, I, I, I failed a lot of courses. So even though I had really good grades in high school, when I got to university, the level of education or the level of my understanding had to be significantly higher than what I was ready for. So even though high school was easy, I found, and I was, yes, I was a good, good, I had good marks, but university was, I think I, I failed a couple of courses my first year, I failed a couple oh. of courses my second year. Third year, fourth year, I finally, I got to a level where I was actually, I think I got into, fourth year, I got into top 15% of, of students. But it was, the adjustment was hard. And I really had to learn how to study. I didn't know how to study well enough from high school. So you think this, this high school didn't teach you well enough, didn't prepare you well enough? Unfortunately, no. No. So what would you add in, for high schools, for kids like us, I'm still in high school, what would you add to make them, you know, to, I, to, to make the transition to university smoother or yeah. college smoother? It's a good question. I don't think it has to do with the system. I think it has more to do with me because I slacked off quite a bit in, in like I find, so I had very good, good grades before coming to Canada. And when I came to Canada, I found actually, I mean, English was difficult in the beginning, but then you, you catch up. So I found I could get good grades without actually spending a lot of time studying. And so I, I had this idea that, oh, listen, I can just read it, learn it, done. But in reality, I didn't learn because it was so easy. I didn't really learn how to truly study. So I don't know if it's the, the, it could have been the issue that my high school was so small. So the teachers were a little bit more relaxed compared to probably a public high school. So I I don't know if the school would need to change something. It's just, I wasn't really, um, yeah, I don't think it's the high school. I I think it's my own fault as opposed to school of the, the, the system's fault. What what subjects would you like to have seen in a high school when you were in high school that mm. could have helped you to where you are now or that are just useful? Yeah. Financial subjects. I think that would have made, made a very... Uh, and actually, and it's interesting because now I, I'm a big proponent of financial education right. for kids. But I think that would have made a big difference in the sense of you know, this is something that we need all the time. We need to understand how to use a credit card, not to use a credit card, but how a credit card oh, works yes. so that you don't get into big debts. And I know people who got into big debts with credit cards simply because, you know, they didn't really understand how it works and the implications of using one. Um, taxes, that's another big thing. So no one ever teaches you taxes, but I think it's hugely important for people to understand. And a lot of people know, a lot of people for whom I do taxes, they, they just get scared and they completely that that's one huge component that if they, if this is something that they've learned in high school, I think they would have more affinity to it. They would be more comfortable with it. They wouldn't be as scared of it and they wouldn't be making as many mistakes. And I mean, I just about every person who comes my way, who does their taxes by themselves, I find lots of mistakes. So, um, the other thing is, I mean, I don't know, cooking, 
I think cooking would have helped cooking. if I was in, in high school, yes. I don't, I learned a little bit, but I think some, some, something practical like that. And I think there are courses that... Uh, my school offers cooking. Yeah, for, so yeah. that's fantastic. My, my school didn't. And the other thing is, so yeah, the whole idea of... Um, so when I got to university, I found I wasn't really prepared as in I didn't know how the system works. I didn't know how to choose courses at university. I didn't know how to choose my program or my department. So there was not a lot of guidance. Right. At, at you love school. that to be taught in high and school. And I think not taught, but you like it was partially why it was so overwhelming is because I, it is a completely new world and I didn't know yeah. anything about it. So I think having a little bit more guidance on that, I think that would have been useful for people who want to go to university. I think for people who don't want to go, it's more about, you know, learning how to write resumes or not learning about interviews for jobs. Although that, that actually didn't scare me because I had my, so I, I got my first job like a few weeks after we came, my second job, my third job, et cetera, et cetera. So I was working pretty much and studying for a lot. So like every summer I was working somewhere. What helped you learn English? Because you, you barely knew any English. Did you read, try reading books? Did you have private yeah. teachers? Did you do it through experience talking to people yeah. while getting your coffee? Or what? <clears throat> how'd that work? How'd that look like? So watching TV, that helped TV. a lot. But actually, for me, reading, reading did a lot. Yeah, so I found reading and watching TV. So and then listening to the radio as well. Because I find a radio, because you don't see the person, so it's actually, you, you have to become very good at what's called parsing. Parsing is when finding where one word ends and one word uh, begins. That's the difficult thing for newcomers. And when you listen to the radio, that's something that you develop very, very quickly and naturally. So yes, listen to the radio would probably be the best thing. Or podcasts. I've learned, so, I mean, I'm lucky to speak a few languages and... Uh, some languages I've learned from podcasts and some languages I've learned from just by, just by listening and trying to try uh, to find similarities with other languages. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that, an- that, I don't know if that answers your question. No, it does. Yeah. But of course, be- being exposed and, you know, when you're 13, it's easy to pick up a language. I think after about nine months or so, you, like after about nine months, when you're constantly speaking every day with people in, in your class and, and um, you stop translating. Because up until that point, like you hear a sentence and you try, okay, this word means this, this word means that. So you're actively translating. After about nine months, you stop actively translating. So you just listen to a phrase and you understand what it means. But it took me, you know, it takes time to get there. Yeah. So before we end off this uh, session, what would be your favorite quote and why? Maybe a motivational quote, maybe a funny one, maybe a one that helped you throughout your way. Why would it be your favorite? Favorite quote. So Jim Rohn, I used to listen to Jim Rohn a lot. Jim is a motivational speaker. I think well, he passed away a few years ago, but he was quite big in the in the eighties. And I really, I, I I like his messages, his message, because his philosophy of life or on life is, I find it very powerful. So there are a lot of quotes that, or a lot of, I wouldn't say quotes, but basically little philosophy snippets in his, in, in his presentations that I like. And just, if you give me a second, now that you put me on the spot, I can't think of any. Um, but a, a Jim Rohn's quote would be, 
Yeah, I think so. This is a quote that's not his per se. So he had a mentor, uh, Charles Schaefer, I think. And the so his mentor told him at, at some point. So he gets this mentor and he is a very, he's just an average person. He doesn't have any money in his bank account. And his mentor tells him, listen, become, I, like, I want you to have a goal of becoming a millionaire. And this is, I don't know, say 30 years ago. I want you to have a goal of becoming a millionaire. Not for the purpose of becoming a millionaire, but whom you would have to become as an individual in order to get to that level. It's not the money in your bank account, but it's who do you have to become as a person in order to get to that level. Um, if you want one specific quote, and by the way, so let, let me, we'll, we'll, come, we'll come back to this in a minute. One specific quote, so Zig Ziglar. If you want to get anything you want, you have to help, help, you have to help enough people get what they want. So okay. if you want a specific quote, I would say Zig Ziglar. Yeah, if, you, if you want to get anything you want, you have to help enough people to get what they want. That would be one quote. But I saw Jim Rohn and Zig Ziglar spoke kind of at the air about the same time, so they're both motivational speakers. But for Jim Rohn, actually, I really like that. For, for somebody to, to have a goal of becoming a millionaire, not, it's not about having a million dollars or getting a million dollars in your bank account. It's becoming a person who is able to get there. That's, that's what yeah. it is. So it's not about the money. It's about the mental state or the philosophy of life. Yeah, yeah okay. I, I can see that. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> good quote, good quote. Okay, perfect. Thank you very much for your time. Cool.